everyone, welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I am your host, and today I'm joined with Mia, the president and CEO of Cultured Kids Cuisine and the founder of Makers for Change. All right, so yeah, let's get started by just having you give a little more background about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So both of the nonprofits that I run, they come from, the idea for them came from two things that I'm very passionate about, public health and um, food and cooking. So I discovered my passions, like different moments throughout my life and um, everything that I've learned kind of shaped me and pushed me to start these nonprofit initiatives. So a little bit about me. I currently attend Stony Brook University. I'm a sophomore and I am majoring in biology with a minor in sociology. And I'm also on the pre-med track. So I, my, my end career goal is to be a surgeon, obviously an entrepreneur as well, but that is kind of the path that I'm headed towards. And um, like I said before, one of my hobbies is, is cooking. I love to cook with my little sister. And just learning through food has been a huge passion of mine ever since I can remember. Um, and I, yeah, that's basically a little bit about me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And I definitely think those two interests of, you know, public health and, um, you know, food and cooking is really interesting. So I'm really excited to kind of, you know, get into all the work that you're doing because it really seems like you've done a lot, especially related to nonprofit work or just kind of, you know, serving your community. And I really just think that your initiatives are really interesting and unique in itself. So first, I would love to kind of get to know how your work with serving your community or just volunteering um, really began and how you expanded on this interest in the past. Yeah, totally. So um, in terms of my connection to my community and various communities that I belong to, I'm definitely like my nature is being an advocate and a leader. And that really translates to my position in my community or communities that I'm a part of. So ever since I can remember, I've always been doing little volunteer work, um, volunteering at nursing homes in my neighborhood or just helping people that I knew around with their chores, little things like that. Um, And in terms of like other institutions and communities that I was a part of, such as school and other things, I've always been one to start clubs, initiatives, get things things moving, um, implement ideas and um, events and things that other people wanted to see. So definitely, I'm a huge proponent for um, helping my community and being a leader in my community and giving a voice to those who who may not have one and kind of representing those who are underrepresented as well. So that's been a huge thing for me. In terms of founding Cultured Kids Cuisine, which was my first nonprofit initiative, um, there's actually a very interesting story to that. So... uh, Like I said before, I am passionate about medicine. I want to become a surgeon. So ever since I can remember, I've always kind of been around the medical field, so to speak, like um, volunteering has been a huge thing. Like I said before, helping in nursing homes, things like that. So um, in my sophomore, junior year of high school, I began to do a lot of volunteering at local hospitals and especially hospitals located in 
underrepresented areas, um, hospitals in areas where most people are of low socioeconomic status, um, things like that, because I really, really wanted to give back there since there's such a such a gap and need, so to speak. So um, when I was volunteering, I really gravitated towards the pediatric department. I love children. Um, I don't know if that sounds creepy, but I have a little <laughs> sister and I just like, she's, she's the best. And I love spending time with her and being there for her and just like kids bring me a lot of happiness. So um, I spent a lot of the time in the pediatric department and I realized that so many kids, they weren't really being taken care of not in the health like area so to speak obviously because there's like doctors nurses but more so in like the intellectual um social health department like they were literally just laying in their beds watching their tv staring at the white walls like that is really not something I don't know a seven-year-old should be doing um in like such prime prime years of their life so Mm -hmm. I had this idea that I would start little cooking workshops with kids in hospitals to like kind of bring some sort of intellectual um, something into their life, really just at at such a low point, um, at such a low and vulnerable point in their life. So um, I coordinated it with the pediatrics department and we made it work. So before the pandemic started, I was every like few times each month I would go and do my little cooking workshops with the kids and it was such an amazing experience and I would teach them about the culture and history of the food that we were creating um even something so small as like Brazilian brigadeiros which has only three ingredients but there's so much rich history behind that and sharing that I think it's really important in making a more um a kinder and more culturally aware uh, future next generation basically so I felt that that was really important and the kids were hopefully gaining a lot from it as well Um, but then after the pandemic started we kind of transitioned all of it to a virtual setting just for the safety of the children our staff obviously I put together a team and um, we kind of started working on that Um, so that is kind of my my little slash long story about cultured kids cuisine Um, And for for Makers for Change, it's been a bit different uh, because I was kind of invited into that initiative by a um, this person that I knew. So through networking, uh, which Mm -hmm. I definitely want to touch up on later in later. um, But that kind of was really up my alley, like I said before, because I'm really passionate about public health and giving back to my community in a more health um, (laughs) health care sense. So that's kind of how that began. And I can also talk a little bit more about that a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that that's such a beautiful story. And honestly, I think that, you know, you taking the initiative to start that is really cool. And I know, obviously, starting these nonprofits that you've initiated requires kind of some sort of entrepreneurship. And so I'm wondering what you would say motivated you to really just utilize entrepreneurship as this tool to make a difference and, um, you know, really tackle these goals or tackle these causes that you were passionate about? I mean, honestly, it comes from entrepreneurs in general, they kind of find niche, um, maybe an Mm -hmm. issue in their community, um, in the world, wherever, and they kind of chase after that. So the initiatives that I am currently a part of and founded 
it was just simply areas where I felt were lacking in the world. Um, in terms of, for example, for culture kids cuisine, there is, I was absolutely shocked to see there isn't really much initiative to um, bring more cultural and historical education to children, which is kind of why right now we're finding, we're, we're fighting this whole issue of racial discrimination, um, you know, religious discrimination, all that stuff. It, it stems from not properly educating the youth. So um, definitely I wanted to combine something like that with a really long, long time passion of mine, which was cooking. And it just, it mm -hmm. felt so natural and um, I'm a huge nerd and a huge foodie. So obviously <laughs> when those things are combined and it's, it's me always ranting to my friends about like where this food comes from, where like we're sitting in a restaurant, just having our own conversation. I'm like, did you know, like, so <laughs> I thought it would be really great um, bringing that to children in a very kid friendly and fun way, which is like obviously through cooking. And I think mm -hmm. it's worked out pretty well. Um, so to answer your question simply, I think that as an entrepreneur, I saw entrepreneurship as a way to fill in um, the gap of what was lacking in my community, um, in our society, even, and I kind of just chased after that, basically. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, uh, volunteering comes in a lot of different types of styles and entrepreneurship is just just one of these many tools to be able to make a difference. So I think that's really incredible. Um, and kind of going back to this nonprofit, I think that honestly, this cause is very unique and um, pretty underrepresented often, as you kind of mentioned before. Um, so I would really love to know kind of the specifics of maybe the recent projects you've done, um, the work that you do, kind of just the specific maybe events held and so on, and just anything you'd kind of like to touch more upon in this nonprofit. Absolutely. So I will start talking about Culture Kids Cuisine, and then I'll briefly jump into Makers for Change, because in my opinion, both are doing very interesting work. So I definitely want to share it. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of Culture Kids Cuisine, our mission is to spread cultural awareness through food, um, specifically um, directed towards children, but we really invite everyone to our events, workshops, um, we provide our resources to people of all ages. And um, one of the things that we're like specifically known for is our cooking events and workshops, which are essentially um, hour, hour and a half long weekly events. Sometimes we invite um, celebrity chefs, we have like some TikTok chefs coming sometimes. <laughs> and we have um, like actual professional chefs which, which attend and lead the workshop. But essentially mm -hmm. it's um, my team. We are cooking a particular unfamiliar dish with children from all across the world. We are very fortunate to be able to connect with so many people because of the whole Zoom era that we're in. But mm -hmm. basically we, we hold these workshops and we cook the food with the children. We have a cultural narrator who talks about the food. We um, play activities, prize-winning games with the kids. They earn stickers and things for, for remembering certain cultural historical facts discussed during the class. But it's really just an educational, a fun educational experience. And we're able to use food as um, 
as the the device, so to speak, um, to share the this breadth of knowledge about different cultures and people around the world. And some of our other resources include um, our podcast, our blog. We have uh, cookbooks that we're releasing in the coming months, both with other um, organizations. And then we have our own coming out as well. So we have just a bunch of, we also have a YouTube, we share recipes and a lot of educational things on there as well. So if, if anyone is interested, they can always check out our website. So that's, that's fun. But we also, I also have um, Makers for Change, which I work for. And mm-hmm. that is a bit of a different uh, nonprofit, very different, I would say. So it's also focused on education, but it is empowering engineers to create real world solutions in the biomedical field. So with COVID-19 alone, we donated over 300,000 units of PPE to third world countries and um, within the United States. We also do donate animal prosthetics and um, sneeze guards and a bunch of different things that people need around the world to maintain good health. Uh, and the really cool thing about the organization is that everything is 3D printed. So we have makers who are located all over the nation and they have their own 3D printers. We fund everything for them. And all they have to do is just create these wonderful things to ensure good health in their communities and abroad. So that's kind of a little bit about both. Yeah, awesome. I think that is super incredible. Both of these initiatives, they're absolutely amazing. And I can definitely see you're really making like a huge impact through them, through them both, actually. And so I think that's really, really incredible. Um, You know, from both of these initiatives or both of these ventures, do you have maybe any favorite stories you have from maybe running them or maybe a favorite project that you've done or event you've held, um, you know, from either one of them? Yeah, so that's a really wonderful question. I wouldn't say there's any one time in particular, but specifically with Culture Kids Cuisine, when I attend the workshops and I see all these kids and engaging and smiling and having fun with food, because they're also learning so much just by being in the kitchen and just vital life skills they're basically learning. So just seeing them smiling, laughing, enjoying themselves. Sometimes I attend the workshops with my little sister. So just doing that and having it be such such a wonderful, well-rounded experience for everyone is just really awesome to experience and appreciate. So honestly, just coming to these cooking workshops um, is one of my favorite things about the organization and my part in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you know, um, and I've seen this as a pattern, actually, when you're really seeing the impact you're making, like you're seeing the smiles on these children's faces. I think that is kind of where you see the impact you're making. And I think that's, that's the most beautiful thing of, you know, running these initiatives and volunteering and doing this advocacy work. So honestly, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a beautiful way um, for you to put it. And I know, again, you know, starting a nonprofit definitely isn't easy. Um, especially when you want to make a genuine impact. And I think, you know, the fact that you're doing both is really incredible. And so when you were first getting these projects off the ground, 
um, you know, did you face any setbacks or any challenges that you feel really stumped you in the beginning or even any challenges that you faced throughout running these ventures? Yeah, so I think this is something that most nonprofit um, leaders, most nonprofit founders don't really talk about because they kind of shield away from talking about all the bad things and only talk about the positive. So it, to me, when I was first starting, it really looked like I was such a failure because things weren't going right and I was having so many issues. But the first thing I want to say to whoever's listening this, listening to this, is that like, I literally encounter problems every single day. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a very anxiety ridden person, so to speak. So like running a nonprofit and encountering so many problems on a daily basis, learning how to think fast on my feet, it's like almost settled my anxiety nerve somewhere over there and really taught me how to compose myself. Um, but just like to set the record straight, it is not easy at all. And I, like I said, I literally run into issues every single day. Maybe someone isn't contributing or something else happens, or maybe someone can't get into a cooking workshop and I have to get on that. And the bigger your team is and the more people that you're working with, the more difficult it becomes. So currently I am for Cultured Kids Cuisine. I'm working with about 200 volunteers from around the world and for Makers for Change, I'm working with about 80. And mm -hmm. the one of the biggest issues, and for, for both these organizations, we go through a very rigorous process of interviewing, applications, all that stuff, just to make sure that everyone is exactly who we want them to be. Um, but at the end of the day, one of the biggest, like, shocks that I've encountered and I learned is that pe like people aren't who they say they are and they can be so perfect in an interview they can be so perfect when you meet them but you won't actually see how they are in your community community in your environment until you actually let them start doing their work and mm -hmm. that is so whoever is starting a nonprofit, I one of the biggest things that I recommend is monitoring new people that come in and any little red flags make sure that you call them out on it as bad as that sounds but you really need to know exactly who you're working with and it literally only takes one person to make everything fall apart so to speak and um <laughs> to really sabotage your whole initiative so when you're choosing people who you want in your in your company in your community like that you have to be very, very picky and selective and make sure that it's not just like a bunch of friends who probably won't um, put in the work in time. So that is one of my biggest tips and one of the biggest problems that I've kind of encountered. And I don't hear too many people talk about it unless you ask them. Um, so I definitely want to want to set the record straight on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that honestly, the team is like what, probably one of the most important parts of, you know, carrying out a project as big as your projects. And I definitely agree. I think that sometimes, you know, hiring friends as a part of your team is not always the best option. You really need to be able to know that your team is committed, that they're passionate about the same causes that you're passionate about. I think that absolutely team is super important you know, when you are running like nonprofits like these. 
So totally. yeah, absolutely. I want to add on, um, I, everything that you said, I completely agree with. I think it's so important to find um, a team of people, both in your personal and professional circle who support your passions genuinely and not just like for a resume thing or to brag. Cause I've met so many people who literally like all they care about is telling everybody the title of their position on this mm-hmm. nonprofit or board. And that's really not the mo- not what the motivation should be. You should be choosing people who are humble and who, who care about their community and genuinely want to help as opposed to any of the other things that I, that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I definitely think, you know, when it comes to choosing a team, that is probably one of the parts of starting a nonprofit or starting a venture that is the most important in the beginning. So definitely. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for both of these initiatives that you run, I think that you're already doing all of this amazing work. And you actually touched a little bit upon kind of the upcoming projects with the upcoming work that you're doing. Um, and so I kind of would love to know a little more in detail about maybe any future projects or events that you're really excited about, or maybe any goals that you have for the future for your advocacy or your entrepreneurial work or just anything related to your ventures as well. Totally. So for Cultured Kids Cuisine, we have partnered with an organization that is actually an entertainment group on PBS Kids. And we are currently working on a cooktivity book. Um, So that's being released soon. And then we're working on releasing our first e-cookbook in the coming months, which I'm super duper excited about. It's not going to be like any old cookbook. It's going to have fun facts like about history and culture and people around the world. Uh, we're going to be celebrating cuisines um, on a on a on a world on a global scale. So that's I'm super excited about sharing all of that with kids and families. Um, and then another really exciting thing that we are working on is our food science course. Like I said before, I'm really passionate about medicine and health. So this kind of bridges both worlds for me, food, science, health, all that good stuff. Um, And sharing that with children, especially during a time when we literally have such a horrible obesity um, epidemic and all these health related issues that we can just stop just by educating youth. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be starting that and sharing it with people. We're going to have dietitians and doctors and lots of speakers come on, talk to the kids. We're going to have lots of really fun activities, hands-on events, all that good stuff. And for Makers for, for Change, I am really excited about the projects that we are working on and we're going to work and, and the future of the organization. Um, one project in particular that I really want to spearhead and we will start working on soon is our human prosthetics uh, project, which is basically we're gonna we're gonna start a chapter in and of itself, where our makers who um, are three D printing all around the world, we are going to send them prints for human prosthetics, and they're gonna start working on making that and sending them to to people around the world who who, who are in need of it. And one of the really great things that I didn't mention about either organization is that all the services, products, resources that we provide, they're all completely free. And I definitely believe in believe in that and making sure that people get the resources that they need 
um, and don't have to pay like a, a an arm and a leg for for what what they really want in, in life or what they really need at the moment, uh, whether that be like a personal thing or health thing, whatever it is. So those are some of the things that I'm working on, and I'm hopefully look gonna look into more public health work and doing more 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 work in that set. So that is also something to look out for. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that is so, so cool. I think that everything you're doing is really amazing. And I know you're, you know, you're taking on a lot of really different projects. Um, and I know in addition to these two ventures, you know, you're a student, you probably do a lot of other different projects or, you know, work on the side. Um, and so honestly, I am really curious about how you manage to handle all of these things and, you know, be a student at once and, you know, take on any side projects that you might have. And you can talk a little more about some side projects that you do have as well when answering this question. Um, but how do you manage all of these things? And maybe do you even have any time management or work tips to kind of share with the audience? Yeah, so um, I get this question a lot. And I think that like most people, they answer with like, I have a planner or I use Google Calendar and I do use both of those things quite actively. But mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I've learned is I first, I'm a workaholic, which is terrible, <laughs> but I am. And second is I am just genuinely passionate about what I do and everything that I do. And it just gives me energy that I put into my academics or other things. So if I didn't have like these nonprofits, if I didn't have other extracurriculars that I was doing, I wouldn't be as happy, as energetic, as, um, as, as whole, so to speak, to put energy into other parts of my life, if that made any sense. But basically, what I'm trying to say to the audience is, you have to make sure that you're doing something that you genuinely love, because then it really feels like you won't work so to speak, a day of your life, which is so true and so cliche, but that's kind of what I do. And in terms of time management, I, I was reading LinkedIn, I was going, I was on LinkedIn the other day, and somebody mentioned that it's sh- that we should recoin the term to priority management, which essentially is a better and more efficient way to explain time management. Because I think when when people think of of the term time management, they think of squeezing everything possible into their day, and, Mm -hmm. you know, leaving all their free time out of it. But that's super unhealthy for your mental health, physical health, you need to, you know, make sure that you make time for yourself. But instead, uh, people should focus more on priorities and setting like just a few goals for each day, making sure they hit it, they hit deadlines, all that stuff. Um, don't over cram your schedule. It's obviously not good. But like I said before, I do use a planner and I use Google Calendar. I time block. I don't know if people are familiar with that. It's basically like I block out sections of my day based on the time. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have my whole day figured out the day before usually. And that really helps me stick to a plan. This way I can factor in time for myself and time to do other things, take a shower, eat, whatever it might be. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like, and, and I don't, and then when I get to, you know, check them off, I feel productive or whatever it is. So if anyone needs any tips, maybe those they can use. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really incredible advice again. And I especially love that point you brought up about how it's really important for you to be passionate about the work that you're doing. Or else, you know, I think that if you aren't interested in the work you're doing or you aren't passionate about it, I think that's when work kind of feels more draining than productive or exciting. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I guess I would love to kind of close by just having you share some extra advice you might have for youth hoping to make a difference in causes that they themselves are passionate about, especially through fields like entrepreneurship and STEM and really just anything else that they might be interested in? Um, I think that one of the biggest issues that I see with people who are trying to break through entrepreneurship is that they just don't know where to start or they're worried about failure. And Mm -hmm. like with entrepreneurship, being an entrepreneur, there is like, I don't know if you guys will believe me, but there is no such thing as failure because you can always, you know, pick yourself up and, continue with other ideas you just have to keep pushing make sure you find a good team people to surround yourself with make sure you're passionate about what you're doing um all that good stuff but what I really want to touch up touch on is building a strong network I really recommend for students in high school and college for them to already start you know creating their LinkedIn profiles being active on LinkedIn connecting with people learning genuinely like being interested in what other people are working on what projects they do because sometimes you realize what you're passionate in just by seeing the work that other people are doing so it's really important to make sure you're connecting with people in fields that you're both interested in and um, something that you think you may potentially be interested in even if it's something super out of left like super left field for you Um, attending networking events joining clubs in school you know, making, making friends in class. I know it's really hard, especially like during this time, but you don't know who you're going to, to who's going to help you later down the road. Like you shouldn't see everyone obviously as a potential like professional connection. Like I'm going to use them later on. No, it shouldn't be like that, but you should want to make genuine connections with people in your community, outside your community, Um, whether it be on a personal professional level, because a you can learn from them, maybe you can contribute something to their lives, help them in any way. Um, But also the main point that I'm trying to make is that you might find that your interest that you have very close synergies and your interests and potentially at some point down the line, you would want to work together, start an initiative, um, professionally be connected in some sort of way so my biggest tip is network 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 basically (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think networking is a super important part of anything you do especially you know when you're taking on initiatives you're tackling on new projects or work or trying to get involved in some kind of way and I think it's also a great learning opportunity like you said so I definitely agree with that and yeah I mean do you have you know, any platforms or social media, anything like that, that you'd like to shout out before we fully end the episode for today? Yeah, totally. So um, for Cultured Kids Cuisine, we have an Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, and the, um, the username is just Cultured Kids Cuisine. So feel free to follow us. For Makers for Change, we have a Facebook and Instagram. Also follow us. You guys can stay updated on the work that we're doing, when our applications come out, 
um, how you can contribute to our efforts and just please reach out whenever you guys want. For Cultured Kids Cuisine, my email is culturedkidscuisine at gmail.com. And for Makers for Change, my email is mia at makersforchange.com. So please reach out if you guys want to ask any questions, learn more. I'm happy to help and talk to you guys. And hopefully you guys can use me as a net, as a, a potential network connection as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, just thank you again so much for just being a guest on her journey today. I really love speaking with you and kind of getting to know more about your background. Thank you so much for having me again. And I, I'm really, really happy to share my story and I hope it, it helps someone at some point. Mm-hmm.